Hello and welcome to this week's Monday Chatter Check-In. I'm Paige. I'm Anna. Happy Monday. It's been so warm in New York. Everyone's out. We walked through the park earlier today and there were so many people. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Very back to normal. Yeah, this weekend especially, I think since it was so warm out, it just like felt like very much like COVID was not a thing anymore. Like Mm -hmm. we went to the Botanical Gardens that we will talk about next week. Yes. On next week's Monday Chatter Check-In. And we went with a friend and like we all were talking about how we haven't been in like a crowd that like or like events so crowded in like such a long time and it was just like crazy and what's crazy about the garden is that because it's all outdoors like it actually can be a crowd and still be COVID safe exactly and like you still have to get tickets and like the whole thing so um yeah but speaking of events going back to normal I was able to go to freeze in New York it was held at the shed and it was actually my first time in the space and I was honestly really surprised by how much I liked it it's obviously brand new it's like a part of Hudson Yards it's right there but it had so many windows it felt really open it honestly in a way reminded me of the Javits Center where Anna and I went and got vaccinated (laughs) yes I think it's all part of the same complex, though. I think Javits also was built at the same time, like developed. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I guess, near Hudson Yards, too. Yeah. The whole area. It's amazing. Yeah. Very modern. I like didn't make it to freeze. So um, I'm just going to like let Paige take this one because I (laughs) was not there. It's okay. But it was open from May 5th to May 9th. And it hosted over 60 leading galleries, each one having a booth. And it really was the first in-person art fair that's happened in New York so it was such an exciting look at what's to come the rest of the year as I feel like this really did set like the standard for the future of art fairs in this weird like COVID in between period everyone had to be COVID tested I took a rapid test the morning before I went and or you could show that you were fully vaccinated but I hadn't had my second shot yet The entrance was like very secure. Normally you go to an art fair, you just have it on your phone. They scan it. They let you in. This was like a multi-step process. I even at one point was trying to find the bathroom and I accidentally took the wrong escalator and I exited the fair and I had to be escorted back in (laughs) because my ticket wouldn't rescan because you scanned it once and then you were allowed to be in the fair for two hours. Although I don't know. I went later in the day, so it was just kind of ending when I was done and I left. I don't know if they would have enforced it. Because you also went on the last it. day. Exactly. Yeah. So everything was just winding down. But I don't know if I'd gone on the first day, if there would have been some system to try and kick me out after those two hours because it was so regulated in terms of like attendance. Yeah. But one of my favorite things that I saw at Freeze was actually a collection of works by the artist Jonathan Waterbridge from Nino Meyer Gallery, which has locations in LA, Brussels, Cologne, and Marfa. Just another reason why Anna and I are going to have to make a trip to Marfa oh, at some 100%. point. <laughs> but the works reminded me a lot of David Hockney because one of them was like this lady standing at the pool in a little sundress with a dog. And it just like felt very like L.A. mom. Mm-hmm. It really reminded me of Hockney's works, so many of which are at the pool. And yeah. it really like exuded the same energy. So that was exciting because it wasn't an artist that I was previously really familiar with. And I feel like that's the best part of art fairs and I'm sure you can speak to this too but it's like one thing when you see the major major galleries showing works by artists that you're familiar with it's exciting to see them in person but it's also so cool to see some smaller galleries and get to learn more yeah I agree I think like that's like the beauty of art fairs and like places that allow you to like 
meet new artists and like see new works yeah. that you like wouldn't necessarily see i also feel like galleries um even like well-known ones sometimes will bring artists that are not like as prominent mm -hmm. in like gallery shows and things like that to the art fairs just so that like they can get more exposure before like putting on a solo show right. or something like that at the gallery so it like it's a very exciting time it's like an opportunity to test the water yeah. in a way and for honestly, the galleries like we had a lot of friends who went and like obviously like I heard a lot about Free's front page but like every person that I know that went like had such positive reviews about mm -hmm. the works that were there and like just like the experience in general so like yeah I'm sorry yeah. I missed it. <laughs> there will be more and of I also course. think because it was the first one everyone was just so excited to be back in person that yeah. everyone was so talkative even when you went to the different booths mm -hmm. and an another thing that's so great about a fair is that you get to speak to the galleries who are standing there yeah and you learn so much yeah i also feel like they get bored so like they were like very willing to like <laughs> especially because i went on the end of the last day which yeah. i had to do because we were in miami and because of like the testing protocol it was the only day i could go so i just i just feel like when things are winding down is when people are like please come and talk to me about the work like yeah. i do not want to sit here for another Alone. three hours yeah <laughs> yeah and another feature of freeze this year which is a result of COVID is that they had Freeze New York online viewing rooms for people mm -hmm. who could not attend in person uh, because of traveler for whatever reason. And there were a lot of additional features that went along with this. And one of my favorites that I just thought was so cool was that the Association of Professional Art Advisors had a selection of 25 works under $25,000. Yeah. And obviously, that's a lot of money, but it is a more like accessible a price, price range, point yeah. for an art fair like Freeze. So I thought that was just really cool. And it just shows the range of art that is available right I also think like something that's very cool about that it's like what you're saying a lot of galleries that are exhibiting at freeze like have works that are like worth millions millions of dollars mm -hmm. but like this like makes it more accessible to like young people right um and young collectors exactly so well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's really cool that they did that and I don't know I feel like a lot of good things are coming out of COVID like in the art world because like things like this like might have not been a thing had it not been for everything that right. has happened. And I think this really is the culmination of this like hybrid format that people have been talking about for so long that galleries have been forced to enhance their online features mm -hmm. and people have spent so much time and money investing in that side of the industry. I don't think they're just going to disappear just because you can be in person again. Yeah, I agree. So that's something to look forward to. Yes, definitely. And hopefully like a lot more fairs will like start happening. And I also think it was um so interesting that because it was like a smaller um, format of the fair this year, it took place at the shed. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of our friends and us were talking about like, will it ever go back to Randall's Island? Is right. It, is it necessary that that happens? Because like Hudson Yards is so accessible. And, it's like, Manhattan, so convenient. Like you can, there's like a one, one subway line that like, takes you directly to like Hudson yeah. Yards like literally opens up into like and the they bustle. had a whole like line for taxis and Ubers exactly and it's so easy to get to if you're uptown or downtown you can walk the high line from like the galleries yes. and like go to see free so like I wonder if they'll ever like go back to like their previous venue or like if this is just going to be like the way it is and I really cannot stress enough how much I liked the space yeah I mean, it's very modern and, like, very cool. And, like, yeah. I feel like the space always, like, makes such a difference. Exactly. But, yeah, it's very exciting to hear about it. So then next I think we're going to talk about something that 
we have been talking about for a while yeah. and it's an art installation titled Ghost Forest that opens in Madison Square Park. Yeah, so we walked by Madison Square Park a lot and we were so lucky because we got to see like the installation process over the past few months, but it finally opened last week on May 10th and it looks amazing. And I almost like we saw them putting it up tree by tree basically. Yes. So it's so cool to see the completed project I agree. now. And also like the change of seasons has made such a difference because at first when it was just put there, like it was still cold in like New York and like the trees were still like they didn't have like leaves or anything. But now with all the leaves, it, the um, installation like stands out so much more. Yeah, like the juxtaposition between the actual grass now yes. and the installation is so much more obvious. Exactly. Whereas first, just all the trees were dead, so you really yeah. couldn't tell. But Ghost Forest is by artist Maya Lynn, and it showcases a towering stand of 49 Atlantic white cedar trees. Lynn is not only an artist, but also an environmental activist, and this is what the work is all about. Yeah, so in nature, a ghost forest is the evidence of a dead woodland that was once vibrant. So Atlantic white cedar populations on the East Coast are endangered by past forestry practices, threats from climate change, including extreme weather events that yield like saltwater intrusion, wind, and like fire. So like basically like hurricanes. Yeah. Anything like that. So the trees that are part of the installation are dead. Right. And that's why they stand out so much against like all of the green that's going on in the park right now. Because <laughs> now it's so alive. Exactly. And the trees in Ghost Forest were all slated to be cleared as part of a regeneration effort in the fragile ecosystem of the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. Yeah, and so um, Lynn created Ghost Forest Soundscape, highlighting the sounds of some of the native species of animals once common to Manhattan. And you can listen to the soundscape through the link on the episode notes. And I think it's so cool that she's sparing like this, like dead trees and like the impact of like seeing that with like a sound thing of like... Um, animals in the city and like what they like sounded like before there were so many buildings mm -hmm. um and I just like think it's like a very cool thing overall like you can go to the park and just like bring your um headphones and like listen while you like walk around yeah and the making of Ghost Forest is actually going to be the subject of the fall exhibition at Fotografiska, which is super close by. And it's going to feature preparatory sketches, materials, as well as photographs of the installation process and finished work. In yeah, and I'm actually so excited to it. see it. Yeah. Because um, some of the pictures have already been posted in like articles. Like I saw like an article by the Washington Post that had like amazing pictures and like also like art in it. I saw an article that was really great. And I think it's going to be so interesting to like see like professional photographs of um the space and like through the seasons as well yeah and then it's just so cool that you're able to see the actual art exhibit with no ticket just walking yes. through and then if you choose to learn more you go to the museum but some people might also just randomly go to the museum and then be able to walk outside mm -hmm. and see the installation it's also really crazy like the lawn where the trees were installed was closed for about two months I'd say yeah. while the installation wasn't like progress and like now um the lawn is open and like I walked by yesterday and there were so many people like leaning against the trees and just like reading there and like I wonder if people like realize what it is or like if it's just like oh the lawn like now randomly has some trees but yeah it's like interesting to see people interact with this like kind of art and people in New York are just very nonchalant about anything yeah popping up so it's definitely on brand I agree but I think that's it for the day yes before we go, our restaurant highlight of the week is Her Name Was Carmen. Oh, yes. And we actually went to Her Name Was Carmen for the first time after the Independent Art Fair in March of 2020. 
So this is like very fitting. It feels so recent, but it was actually so long ago. Yeah. And it was, it's cute that we're talking about it today because it was the last art fair that we yeah. attended pre-COVID. And then mm-hmm. Freeze was the first post-COVID. So yeah. it's full circle. And it's always like so much fun. They have like an upstairs and a downstairs. And um, we went with a bunch of friends. There was like a DJ and the whole thing. And yeah. it just like felt very much alive. So. I actually went to the restaurant one time when we first got back to the city. But it was so early on that indoor dining wasn't even allowed. So I was sitting oh, really? oh, on the street. Wait, I actually also went back or went um, when we first got back. And I was also sitting outdoors and it started raining. And there was no roof. And I was just like, do I like eat there in the was, rain? And so we ate literally in the rain. No, there was actually no covering. Like, yes. I was on the street and there was like a very small barrier between me and a parked car. And I was like, this is awful. I'm never coming yeah. back. But I'm so glad we did. But now they also have like a nice outdoor setup if you like. I don't know. It's yes. kind of crazy. A lot of restaurants in New York had no outdoor setups like for the entire year. And now all of a sudden they built like these like structures and it's like, it's kind of a little late. Well, the like, same thing happened at American Bar. We went to yes. American Bar and we were actually on the sidewalk like next to a no, trash I can. Was, no, no, I was sitting next to the um, parking thing like where you pay for park- like the parking. Yeah, meter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was literally, I could touch it like from, <laughs> I was just like, and then we walked by the other day and they have an entire tented so like, covered nice. setup. Yeah, even like, when indoor dining reopened, not the first time, but like the second time. So like in like March, mm-hmm. I don't know. Round two. But like um, Bond Street reopened, the sushi place. Yeah. And like when we went then, there was no outdoor setup. And then we walked by, I think yesterday. Mm-hmm. And now their outdoor setup is so nice. And it just like makes no sense. I but think yeah. it's because it's been approved that now these like sidewalk seating areas, like it's been extended. Mm-hmm. So now restaurants are making the investment to make it more permanent. Right. But, but we you have would been think struggling. they would have done this investment like a, a while ago. One Because they were allowed. So right. I don't know. Interesting. But uh, yeah, now that's actually it for the day. (laughs) We're done now. Um, We hope you have a great week and tune in for Thursday Top 5. Thank you. Bye.